Good afternoon, fellow Gunners. Welcome to another episode of Can Talk. I'm your morning, my as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Good to be back. How's everybody doing? We discussed the two games we take on at the Ebenet Stadium. Yeah. So, also take on Brentford. And, I mean, as <laughs> a lot of people were saying up front also, uh, you know, there's all that kind of jinxes by talking about it being, a, you know, a re- revenge fixture. And I was just thinking to myself, look, now, uh, you know, they can actually face the wrath of of a, almost like a more fully strength Arsenal team. Of course, we still missed uh, Tommy Asso in the, in the squad. Uh, Martinelli was suspended in came Smith Rowe, so it was like roughly like for like, but I still think at times, you know, Smith Rowe still offers that little bit more, especially in that, you know, that we talk over the lines of uh, defence, and not sorry, the, um, midfield and attack, where he just plays that floating role in between the two lines. So, I mean, for me, that was also a big plus for us going to the game. Um, in the early stages of the game, first to third minute, Arsenal control, you know, very early on. Three pass from midfield, and it was like kind of trying to press all my dominance. What was your take on the first period of the game? No, I, I think, you know, we really were commanding. It was kind of the, what I envisioned the first game against Brentford to be when they initially a new team up in the Premier League. And, you know, Arsenal setting the dominance. So I felt that, you know, we came out there with a mindset that, not that kind of revenge I'm talking about, yeah. in, but like there was that, you know, we want to make things right. Although, I mean, I must say, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, and I'm not, uh, this is something that I didn't tell you up front. But, you know, when they got the first throw in that fifth minute, we, they started lining up for the long throw, and I saw them take up positions, and I mean, my heart started going a little bit faster, thinking, you know, getting that haunted feeling of start of the season when they did the exact same layout with their with the long throw in the early stages of the game. So I was worried, but I mean, we immediately, the minute the ball got flung over, you could see everybody was picking up, like, you know, going more man for man and, you know, clearing the, the lines as soon as possible. Yeah, no, I think we were we were better prepared for this fixture, you know, compared to the first game of the season. And I think, you know, with with um, Arsenal knowing that so-called Man City playing Tottenham later, they knew they could face on that advantage and pull kind of further away from... Um, from Tottenham and also ca- closing that gap on Man United with Leeds. So I think that was a very um, gritty and, 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 and gutsy Arsenal performance where they actually, you know, were starting strong and not like you and I normally are complaining about, you know, it's, it's taking long to find their feet in the game. Yeah. So the first big, you know, real big chance for Arsenal comes in the eighth minute. Like I said, Wall ends up stabbing the ball at goal instead of, you know, placing it. And I think that's something that, that's been... You know, especially now with our sort of dilemma now with, with the striker thing. Um, like, look, we're going to have to like, see that we kind of limp it through to, you know, the summer so we can now get the uh, sort of big guns coming in up front for us. But, I mean, again, the thing gets, you know, it's almost like half-heartedly struck at the, at the keeper. Keeper ends up making the save and Saka with a rebound ends up stretching the side netting. Yeah, I know. We were, we, were, we were, you know, slowly but surely finding our way there towards the goal. And I think the further the game went on, I think Arsenal just grew in confidence. But I like what you say about Emile Smith-Rowe. You know, with him in the team, you just find that guy that can slip into the pockets and he makes spaces for the other players around him. Yeah. So, the 11th minute, Arsenal ended up having a penalty shot. I mean, I think VAR ends up rolling it out. But I actually thought, I mean, when they went on about the contact with Laka, I mean, of course... At second glance, then, you know, you kind of doubt yourself, like, with the decision. Because for me, I actually thought the Ben White thing was more of a, a clip. Because I think he was about to strike the ball and he got his foot tapped. Yeah, yeah. 
end up, you know, falling. And I think with Laka, it was more clumsy, you know, when they bundled him over. But I mean, of course, uh, we don't get the rub of the green there. Then the 13th minute, we end up giving a, a goal rule out. Um, I believe it was Shaka that was, you know, further down the line that was offside, that, you know, that, uh, taking out a free kick. Um, and next, again, a, a penalty shot and stuff for Saka. But I mean, my take was in the 19th minute that was more Saka going over too easy. I think that is the one part of his game that, that I wish he would sometimes, you know, cut out a bit. Yeah, that that for me, and I, I, I get better shooting as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The 24th minute, Brentford were not, you know, camped in their own half as they, you know, as Arsenal started cranking up the pressure. Um, I was actually thinking to myself, I mean, this is something that I didn't see. And I think it's also where Brentford as a team, you know, even though they came in very positive into the start of the season. You know, as I, I think I said in the, the week before this podcast where I said, it's why teams are more, you know, finding out the sort of, uh, you know, like the chink in the armour. Uh, knowing like where to you know attack them, where to where they're most vulnerable, and, and I think the more they kind of were you know trying to sit deep and not even you know trying to almost like absorb as much of the pressure. But I mean, we just kept coming at them, coming at them, and in 29th minute, Odegaard ends up uh, taking a shot, ball takes a you know big deflection, and actually just gets you know wide of the other uh, Brentford goal. Then 39th yeah. minute, and this is the thing that it kind of got my you know my as I said, get your goat going. Uh, Cedric is running in that goal, has a strike at goal. We saw the, the winger of, of Brentford ends up sliding or slipping or something like that. And the ball ends up hitting him on the arm. And I mean, his arm is away from his body then. And after, like, you know, with a VAR decision, and I mean, they give it immediately as a, you know, just an accident or, a, you know, more of a like, ball against a uh, man. But I mean, for me, it was not in a natural position. And then if you think 24 hours later, uh, Man City end up getting a, a penalty, I believe, when the Tottenham players also loses his balance completely and his arm is outstretched. It touches his head and VR checks it and they give the penalty. Yeah, no, it, it's, it'll be nice from time to time if Arsenal get a VAR decision. Not that it needs to be a yeah. you know, blatant decision, but I mean, you know, whenever it's like a, it could be a if or a bad decision, it's, it's never it goes towards us. So, you know, uh, on another day, would it have been a penalty or a penalty against us? Well, I mean, I mean like, what what does my head in is also like with how certain refs call certain fouls. I mean, are you telling me they don't meet up and say, look, this is the precedent for, you know, are we going to call it with whether it's VAR or on-field decisions? I mean, certain things like, like look at McTominay, cracks a guy's whole forehead open the other day at, in that Leeds game. And you don't even get the yellow card. I mean, <laughs> he's clearly not even going for the ball. He's going to like smash a forearm across the, the opponent's face. Yeah, no, I, I think we were we were very unlucky. And I think that's, I don't know, the, the rules always seem to be against us and not with us. But, you know, Brentford lucky to, to still be nil-nil and Arsenal just keep on applying the pressure. Yeah. In the second half... Uh, Ramsdale ends up in the 47th minute, you know, making a very, you know, almost like uncharacteristic blunder. He ends up playing the ball out and the ball ends up getting uh, intercepted by Mbuemo, who, I mean, already puts us on the back foot as he's coming full, you know, full attack as Ramsdale is trying to get himself back into goal. Uh, luckily, I mean, to save face for Ramsdale, by the time the ball gets whipped in, we end up, I think, kind of 
charging the ball down at, uh, you know, at Buenos feet, the ball ends up almost like more looping and Ramsdale manages to gather the ball. So, you know, early warning signs are also not to be too cocky and, over, uh, you know, overconfident. Yeah, you know, you don't want to be going one all down against Brentford away from home because it yeah. seems like they can stifle you very much and it could have gone the same route it did in the first game of the season. Yeah. Then 48 minute, Nakazit switches the ball out wide. Uh, Smith rows out wide on the flank. He picks the ball up and about goes on this 35 yard mazy run from, you know, from the Brentford goal. He goes on a, a marauding run. And I mean, for me, key moment of this build up, Tierney ends up doing one of those overlap decoy runs. And you can see for a split second that the right back of Brentford and I think one of the center backs and I think even one of the holding mids, almost like is that minute Tierney does the overlap run. They almost like nudge towards wanting to go that side, and almost like that very moment, Smith already sees the opening, cuts inside, and ends up just guiding the ball with a pass finish. One or Arsenal. Oh, top top quality finish, and yeah. you know it's, 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 we we really do miss him when he's not playing, and I'm I'm always happy to see his name on the team sheet. Then for me, he's kind of, and it might be very unpopular with the listeners, but for yeah. me, he's kind of a favorite over Martinelli at the moment in the team because. He just does a bit more in it, not just you know on the ball, but he's off the ball running. I just think, excellent. Uh, like Martinelli had a decent patch, you know, in that West Ham game, and that, and I, I don't know, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but there was just like a certain game where his guy gone kind of off the boil. So he's like he's he's gone to that phase again that that someone used to get on our nerves in a way, where he's like trying too hard or overplaying too much or running himself into a sort of blind alley again. And for me, when he was playing with almost like a more, you know, with like the, the shackles are free, he looks way more confident forward or, or somebody that, that, that uh, you know, plays very confident out wide as a left winger. But for me, it's not like the last couple of games, I mean, you're going to lead on to the, the game later on, uh, the Wolves game, where it also looked like there's something short, either he's not 100% fit or something is like really off in his game. Yeah, I know it, it. He had, like you said, a good, good run of form, and then it just kind of took a nosedive for a bit. But you know, I, I think Emil Smith adds a lot to the team, and and with Odegaard there as well, it's there's some more creativity now. And I think you know, it's just Lacazette is to get himself in the right spaces, and I mean, he's doing very well. You know, he's almost playing like a false number nine, where he's not getting in the box, but he's getting in and around and making space yeah, for the yeah. others mm-hmm. around him. Yeah, then from the on the hour mark, Arsenal start you know up in the ante. Uh, Smith Rowe ends up uh, you know coming off, he kind of ran his race. Uh, Pepe then ends up coming on, like, and I think a lot was also expected. Also, the home crowd, you know, really gave him a rapturous applause with him because I mean it's all like from what we've heard also, and from what some of us have seen also at the Afcon, he also looks like way more confident coming back now on the turn and. I mean, I'm also in a way happy for him because, I mean, look, we're always giving him stress here on the podcast. But, I mean, you also want him to do well. I mean, he's still an Arsenal play, player. So, he ends up coming on. Then, 76th minute, Janssen uh, gets caught in position by Lacazette. The ball ends up falling to Odegaard. Raya then makes a save. And then, I think, Pepe on the follow-up, I think he was more expecting the ball to come, you know, the pass to come early from uh, Odegaard. But, I mean, he ends up trying to, you know, spill, uh, kind of spill the rebound back into the net. But, uh, Brazil managed to clear the ball. Yeah, no, that second goal was crucial because he did not want to get sucker punched in a game where we've dominated. You know, we were on top of Brentford 
And it's just like they had no answers to us. I mean, you could see the golf in class, but, you know, goals win you a game, and it just seemed like we couldn't get that elusive second goal would have, you know, ended the game in a, in a well, contest. Yeah, then the 79th minute, uh, Janssen ends up getting nudged off the ball by Lacazette. I think he first complained about being a foul. I think that's also, like, I'm sure most of the listeners and your fans were also concerned that it's going to be called up later. But I mean, the ref allows play to go on. Thomas Party picks up the ball down the middle, drives the ball forward, and then, I mean, with perfect time, ends up releasing Saka. And then, I mean, I think Saka with that was like instinctive action, and I don't know, maybe he picked up what you were going to say about him in the podcast. But I mean, he lets fly immediately from about 18 yards and he sends a screamer to the top corner. 2 0 Arsenal. Yeah, I know. It was an excellent goal. I think, you know, boosting his confidence, you know, con- converting more chances this season like we, we wanted him to. And, you know, 2 0 to Arsenal. And I think that was game set match in my head. And, you know, the importance of a second goal was, was vital and we got yeah. that. And then, I mean, we ended up making another change with Nketiah coming on. But, I mean, for me, Something that kind of put a dampen on things was, uh, you know, Brentford getting a 93rd minute goal. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it's almost like it ended up just covering the sort of domination that we had in the game. So it was like, look, it was a game that, that uh, Brentford barely, you know, got a touch or when they did get forward, Ramsdor was barely tested. And I mean, they ended up getting almost like a sort of fluky goal. Because I don't know how many, I think it took one or two deflections and then came to the play just to steer the ball past the keeper. But so, I mean, for me, a bit of a damper, but, you know, yeah, we go away with the three points. Yeah, no, happy with it. I mean, the scoreline did flatter to deceive. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit for you. Luckily, we got that, that second goal because, I mean, it maybe could have been one one. I mean, that would have been a, a kick in the face or a kick in yeah. the gut or whatever. But, yeah, you know, Arsenal take the revenge, so-called on Brentford, even though it had to be a two-legged affair, we would have lost. Mm. But, you know, we take the three points and, you know, move on to a team that, you know, has a bit of a rivalry brewing against them. You know, yeah, I mean, you, know, look, you and I don't compare notes or anything, but, I mean, that's actually, it leads me, as we're going to discuss the Arsenal-Wolves match, ruffling to what you now just said, because, I mean, over the, the last, like, say, three or four years, uh, did you ever also think, you know, a rivalry, a rivalry like this would not almost like take over as much as, say, a North London derby? Because, you know, almost like on or off the pitch, this this match is always now becoming or growing into a sort of spicy affair with the animosity for each other on and off the pitch. Yeah, no, no, 100%. I never thought it would happen, but there's always drama in these fixtures as well, you know. Whether it's, it's a red card that we've been receiving the past two seasons at the Molyneux, or Wolves just being better than us at the Molyneux, or, you know, just nipping a point at the Emirates. It's just, uh, it doesn't seem to be going for us, you know. And, you know, luckily the first game away from home, we just eked a, a 1 0 win. And, you know, they weren't happy with our way we celebrated that victory. So we come to the Emirates Stadium now, where I think both teams were fired up and there was a lot of, you know, a rivalry between the two. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with both teams chasing European spots, it's just also, you know, adds to the drama, as I said now before. Um, with regards to the squad, still no Tomiyasu, and Smith Rowe was now out of the squad because of illness, but I mean, I think he was in the ground. Um, but it's not COVID-related either, so. And then, so respectively, of course, Cedric and Martinelli, you know, returned to the squad. Uh, first minute, Martinelli, that penalty incident, what was your thoughts? Sure. 
you know, I, I first thought immediately penalty, to be honest with you. I was like, no, there has to be a penalty. But, you know, the, the VAR also didn't give us comprehensive angles or show enough. But it <laughs> looked like it was just like, you know, there wasn't much to see. But I think if you had to look maybe deeper, there could have been a touch which led to, you know, Martinelli not getting that strike through. So, you know, very debatable. But my first opinion, I would have pointed to the spot. But then I never got really comprehensive angles of it, and they just left it off. They never went deeper than that. Yeah, then I mean, you say then five minutes later, uh, Wolves now get you know disallowed a goal through um, with it the size. But I mean that gets overanalyzed then by VAR, and so uh, I mean I don't get it. Honestly, I don't get it. Because then I don't know how many minutes it was got to try to figure out. Whether it was on or offside, and yet, as you now said, we, look, we didn't get that sort of uh, views. We, because I, I actually hate it when the decision is made, but we as fans, or whether the people are in the stadium or watching at home, you don't get to see that sort of point of contention. Like, is it going to be a penalty, or is it like more of a you know player just overbalanced and fell? So I mean, we don't like we never know really the truth, and that is what what I wish we, which is like a bit more. Uh, transparent with regards to VAR because I, I still feel it's like a, especially in England, I find it way more secretive the way they do things. Whereas in Germany, they they like I look, I watch Bundesliga regularly as well, and the nine out of ten times that guy is gonna go to the the monitor, whether decision is positive or negative for your team, but they're gonna go to the monitor. And then also what I like, which I would actually also like to be done in the Premier League. Post-match, they also do an interview with the ref. Oh, okay, that's interesting. And they don't do that. Uh, see, they don't do that to the Premier League. Yeah, um, but not I mean, well. the, the, the referee should actually look at the monitor, and and the, it, it allows you to make a better decision. I mean, the whole time, like I mean, they were the state they did it, and then they stopped doing it again. And I mean, what what else in general? I mean, look, you somebody that also love your sports. I mean, you see it in rugby. They will explain that Michael's live in the whole stadium when they just, uh, when they do a, a, a TV ref, a Timo check. Um, yeah. Cricket, you can also when they when they do that that sort of that for LBW decision, the for the viewers at home can already hear all the decisions that are being made by the TV umpire, where you can hear it's going on this camera, they were going on that camera, so you hear the constant communication. So, as I because. I mean, look, I'm not going to off too much on it, but I mean, I still think to myself, you know, there was a Bader went into the tackle. I'm not, okay, whether it was now penalty or not, but I mean, you could see his whole positioning was wrong and he was not like just like a last ditch kick, but it's not like the refers were too fearful to say, to, to give us a penalty that early in the game. Yeah, no, I, 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 I felt, I feel if it was the other way around, you know, Arsenal would have. Yeah got to the short end of the stick. So, you know, I really question marks, but I thought at that point, you know, the way we started, it was like, whoa, you know, if we can keep this momentum up, you know, who's are going to be in trouble? Yeah. Then 10th minute, a brain fart moment for Gabriel. He ends up getting the oh. ball. And then ends up playing a blind back pass. I mean, I mean, to see a, a professional, and I mean, somebody that's also on the verge also of being a, a full international as well. I mean, to make a mistake like that, that I mean, he ends up selling uh, uh, Ramsdale short, uh, that uh, strike of, of uh, Wolves Wang, he ends up intercepting the ball, 
you know, just dances around Ramsdale. Because, I mean, I think Ramsdale's so fearful of giving away a penalty. And, I mean, uh, the striker ends up just guiding the ball into an empty net. 1-0 Wolves. Yeah, I know that knocked the winner to my sales of yeah. thinking. Because I thought we, we actually had Wolves, you know, the way we started. And, you know, we were let off with that offside goal. I mean, you know, it was offside. But we were lucky that, you know, his shoulder played him onside. Um, yeah, sure. But um, but the like I okay, said, like the it wasn't enough, and then you know Gabriel doing that and kind of putting Arsenal under pressure. Now you have to kind of chase the game so early on, and you know Wolves like what one of the best defensive records, and yeah. not they don't really lose much going from behind. You know the odds were stacked against us, and you know Arsenal for me, you know now it's the only thing back. You know besides. You know, a large point. Like, I can't think of any game actually where we went a goal behind and we clawed our way to win the game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it probably is a game, and I can't just think of that yeah. game. So I was a bit worried about that as well. Yeah, and I mean, for me, like, I mean, when my stomach was really turning, I was just thinking to myself, look, everybody's already talking about them that, you know, once they go a, a goal up, they don't lose that lead or very read because I think they still even mentioned. Leeds were the one team that actually managed to, to you know, get something out of it. And it was just like about one point out of that. Because, I mean, look, Bruno Lage, he ends up, I mean, the way he's got that team set up. And I mean, he's somebody that, I'm not saying uh, it must happen, say, now or whatever, but he's also somebody that maybe Arsenal should look at in the near future, you know, in the future or whatever, if you do want to move on to another level. Because I think he's also somebody that, that you know, also needs this, like say, Wolves, as a sort of stepping stone for for even something bigger. Because, I mean, I know he came from uh, the Portuguese league and, you know, to the Premier League. But I just think to myself, see, he can offer even more because, look, the way he organized that team was to a T, the, the sort of tactical, like, I mean, in-game, he keeps on changing things also. Because remember that first, like, say, 10 to even 13, 15 minutes, we didn't know at times where to pass the ball because he was yeah. plugging up everything. Like the way he's got them running and, and plugging gaps. And I mean, for me, also with regards to Gabriel, with the, you know, with that blunder he made, I don't know if you noticed, but he was, his head was almost like gone for about five to ten minutes in the game. We was just either clearing the ball straight into people or mistiming the ball. And, and I think it was, I was just worried because I thought, is this, you know... Almost like unattainable, he's, he, you know, in his mind is gone. Because look, you end up just like error after error after error. But I mean, he kind of, you know, wore through it. And then, and then I mean, he just also grew strong in stature. Um, then in the 13th minute, Arsenal, as I said, did look rattled. And, you know, minutes after the goal, Jimenez ends up dragging a shot wide. And I think if he had more time, I mean, he actually did have more time in his hands. But I think with, with us closing in on him, like at the, at the pace, he was like, I had to off-snap at the shot, and I mean, he ends up dragging the shot wide. Yeah, that potent was really causing a lot of, a lot of problems for us, and it just seemed like he was dictating the game and dropping in every time in the pockets of space because Shaka wasn't on him, Tierney wasn't on him, so, you know, he was just kind of floating between the lines, something that Emil Smith-Rowe does very well. Yeah. Then 15 minutes, Lacazette ends up dragging the ball wide. I think, again, what... You know, something that our biggest criticism of Lacazette, like, I think we, at times I don't really keep a cool head on himself. So he's almost like either snapping at the wall or choking the shot. Then the 17th minute, Saez ends up blocking a hammer shot by Odegaard. 
Arsenal also are trying the utmost now to get themselves back into the game. Then 20th minute, Wolves playing, you know, very cute game of, you know, sitting deep and just waiting for Arsenal to over overcommit. And I mean, we were trying out, you know, to press home the, like some sort of advantage to, you know, put them on the ropes. But it, like they knew how to weather the storm. But in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking there's also so much you can do with, with defending because if you're going to just keep on playing this sort of game of sitting deep, at the, at the point where you get pulled, because look, we were trying to play the ball from the left side to the right side, trying to burst down the middle, and uh, they had to do a lot of running and pressing uh, the walls now, and I just thought to myself, you are also going to be physically wearing yourself out by doing that. Yeah, no, it, but I, I just, a while saying that, it just seemed that Arsenal had almost no answer to them, or no yeah, no, no tactical now, so anything like that to, to do that. I mean, what I did like of us in, in, in a certain aspects, especially the so after the 30th minute in the first half, we, we were actually chopping and changing things. So we weren't like just like the pass. We were playing route one at times, also trying to get, uh, you know, Lacazette or Saka or somebody just to get the ball on the chest or on the head to flick on or to hold the ball up just to mix and match things. And I think that also did help in a way. Uh, 35th minute, Martinelli ends up stabbing the ball over the bar. And I mean, to be honest, for me, it was driving a bit bonkers because every time I was getting the ball, especially now we're chasing the game, I just thought to myself, just tone down that overexcitement because you would like yes. total focus with what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, no, that is Martinelli, you know, when especially when 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 we when we're chasing a game, actually, you get like you said, you get very overexcited and just yeah. you know tries to do too much. I think that Liverpool game was also a good example when we that second leg when you are just trying just too many things. Yeah. So we go on to the second half. Um, Forty-seven minute Arsenal almost conceded early in the early in the half. And you know, I mean, I was really thinking, so is this going to be one of those days? Because every time we were shooting at goal, it's either our players are dragging the ball wide or we're shooting straight into people. And I was like getting concerned. Then forty-seven minute Arteta and Large get end up getting into each other's faces, and I think Arsenal more accused Wolves of, you know, the sort of time wasting that. Something that we were again accused of at the Molyneux. So, I, I mean, in my mind, I was just thinking, oh, God, please don't trigger them like you did with Jürgen Klopp. And, you know, when Liverpool became like a team possessed at Anfield when we played them there. So, I mean, I mean, they end up, the officials end up, you know, splitting them up. Then Arsenal end up making a substitution in the first minute. Uh, Pepe ends up coming on for Martinelli. I mean, a good substitution, in my opinion. Then in the sixth minute, Nketiah ends up coming on for Suarez, and I think this is where Arteta's maturity, almost like as a coach, came to the came to the fore because now he's actually taking a risk of taking a, a fullback off, bringing on a, you know more attacking like a player now in Nketiah, and then of course you know uh, kind of jumbling up his backline. So I mean I was in a way worried in that, but that being said, Arsenal look more confident. Wolves are even dropping deeper than they were before. Then at the 82nd minute, Nketiah makes a fantastic darting run into the box. And it was like Tease up Pepe, who controls with the right foot, does a little pirouette, and smashes the ball with the left pass. Jose saw 1 1. Yo, did, can I be honest with you? At first, when I saw that ball go in, you know, before um, I celebrated even, I first even thought the ball hit the side netting because the ball came out like, so quickly. And, yeah. uh, and I saw the net ruffling, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah. Did he miss this? But the whole Arsenal team is like <laughs> celebrating, and I, I'm just like frozen, stuck on my spot. No, you know, 
like, as I missed you, I felt like a damn fart because I mean, my son is celebrating, and I'm just standing there waiting for VR to call it out. Because I mean, that that is how I felt, how defeated in the way I felt. So I mean, for me, it didn't register me. It's a goal, and I mean, my son is, you know, running around in the living room and whatever, and I'm just sitting there like a fucking statue. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, you know, Everest is rocking at that point. And I mean, you can see awesome now, you know, trying to force the issue and, and trying to get the three points now because almost like the crowd ends up making the sort of noise that you do on Champions League nights at the Emirates. Uh, 84th minute, Arsenal crank up the pressure, you know, chasing down everything now. Even Xhaka ended up looking like a, a, a young Xhaka of Gladbach where he's even out running out on the wing even at <laughs> some point trying to get the ball whipped in. Uh, then 86th minute, I think this was also a bit of a reality, show, a reality check for us Gooners. Uh, a big scare for us when uh, Neto ends up getting his shot diverted by Gabriel. And I mean, when they showed the ball from behind Neto, it was going to go in. You could actually see Ramsdale was not going to cover that ground. And I mean, it ends up just flicking off Gabriel's shin pad. Yeah, no, it was. It was very lucky. I, I, I had my heart in my face yeah. because <laughs> I, I thought, oh, are you kidding me? I thought it was a Neto show again. I think he did it the same, but... Last season at the Emirates, and I was like, you know, come on, guys, let's wake up. Because I could, I could smell the victory was there. I mean, I was telling myself, you know, if only we had another 10 more minutes to go, yeah, we would have gotten a winner. Yeah, then 90, the, the ref ends up ending a like, six minutes injury time. Then the 95th minute, Saka cuts in from the left. He ends up shooting with his right foot, but not like, you know, that power shot. He ends up doing something like Smith Rowley does it against Brentford. More like a curling pass shot to guide the ball in. The keeper makes a good save, pushes the ball away. And I mean, Arsenal immediately spring onto that rebound, you know, try to keep the ball still cycling. So a quick interchange between Pepe and Odegaard. And I mean, Pepe ends up getting play, in, played in by Lacazette. And I was like, he does likewise, plays uh, Lacazette in with a perfect little slide ball, slide roll pass. And Lacazette just ends up smashing the ball, walk across goal. But I mean, the ball ends up flicking off size, I think, and it's still diverting in off. Sazen, 2-1 Arsenal. Oh, what a goal. That's that also I didn't celebrate. Yeah, because I even wanted to do a VAR check on that. And then I saw like nice on. And I think that impact of Pepe was immense. I think in Ketia as well, you know, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. always somebody that's on his case and but I mean he actually added lots of energy to the team and um you know big up so I take to the way he shuffled the lineup, you know, to bring to squeeze and get in the team, but for me, you know, Pepe could be a big, big um, plus if he can show this type of form going forward. I mean, him and Smith Rowe, you know, should, well, should be in the squad team at the moment. I think Martinelli right now, you know, maybe needs to back up, sit on the bench again because I just think he he wasn't offering us much. And the moment Pepe came on, we looked very threatening. And I think now it's also getting to a stage of almost like the season as well, especially now with a small squad of. You know, you can only get now in if you're going to screw up. And I, I just think to myself, he kind of... Look, it's not that big of a thing, but I mean, I just think like the sort of potential and the, the level that you want people to be playing at, he just not was not at that level now yesterday. And I think for that, you know, you, you almost like get like a little, you know, like a demotion. Somebody else comes in for you and that's how I really think somebody like Pepe needs to be, you know, given now also a chance to... to uh, you know, to, to prove himself to Arteta, and, and the same goes for Smith Rowe. He will probably now probably get that slot automatically because he has been, <clears throat> um, but for the illness now, he has been on fire since he's back from that, that injury. 
Yeah, 10 goals for the season, I think, for him as well. Yeah. So now we switch our attention now to uh, the talking point section. And I mean, the one thing, I mean, I've got a few pointers here, but uh, one of the things that was really getting on me somewhat last night before I turned in was seeing an article in, I believe, the Sun newspaper. And I don't know if some of these guys, these journalists, they get paid for writing up, you know, things for a match, but they don't even watch the match. They probably, you know, doing something like where they take pointers from that, you know, some of the betting apps that they have, like key points in the game, and <laughs> I think they're based on that. Because when they said, or well, this person that wrote the article for the Sun said, uh, Thomas Party was, I was like, totally out of this game. He had no effect on the game. And I'm thinking, did this guy watch the right game? Because Thomas Party was one of the reasons. I mean, Jaka played a fantastic game as well. I mean, those two midfielders of ours were the ones that ended up shutting out people like Nevis and Moutinho. Yeah, I know. I think Party has been on a good form of late. You know, after the red card he got against Liverpool, but he's been playing quite well. And I think him and Jaka, you know, are the best. Bearing we have at the moment, and I think they did, like you did, fairly well. Uh, I mean, especially yesterday to keep us in the game, they were, you know, up and down. So, you know, like you mentioned, I don't know where um, these guys are, are writing these articles from, and I just feel that I don't know if you listened to Paul Ince after the game. Um, oh, I don't know. He's I think so I did. So he sounded so bitter. I mean, he, he, he said that, you know, you would rather be in a United situation. You know, fair enough, something that does worry me is our two games in the hand is against Chelsea and Tottenham. But if you look at the United side playing and you look at us, it's like chalk and cheese at the moment. So how can you say you would rather be a United side? And then he said Arsenal didn't play well. They should be worried about their performance. I mean, didn't Wolves beat, you know, Tottenham away from home, they beat United away from home, and I don't know who else, but they, I think they won four of the last four away games. They haven't been a bad side away from home, and they've been a good side in season this year, though. So, you know, look, I don't understand the comment. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, blow up our horns or something like that, but blow our own. But, you know, keep it with you, Arsenal had to play ugly yesterday, and, and, and like I told you, you know, I don't know when last we won a game going behind because yeah. Arsenal seems to be a team, once they score, then they're on top of you. But the moment they're behind, they find it very difficult to break down the team. But, you know, we showed something different yesterday. And, you know, it was an excellent performance. And I mean, for me, you know, just to bring up that point you're not you're talking about, you know, for me, it's always like, you know, even like, I mean, you know, also even in our uh, the younger days of uh, supporting Arsenal, you over time you've also picked up when you know in your early days of supporting Arsenal, there does come a point where they say, Oh yeah, you guys are acting conspiratorial or whatever. But I mean you do see there's a thing of like a rule for us and a rule for the others because all of a sudden our yeah. like, that, that hard fought win yesterday, they call us lucky. Yeah. There was an article also yes. Z with, with luck and then Z on it. And then you think to yourself, if that was now a man united or a man sitting there did a thing like that. They say it's a masterful, uh, uh, you know, action, or they show that you know what yeah. quality they have and, and worked and working. But now with us, it's almost like, oh yeah, it's just lucky Arsenal. Yeah, no, it goes for the goose, doesn't go for the gander. It seems. Um, then the other point was also with regards to the Amazon Prime documentary because they, the journalists have been asking. Um, you know, I'm like kind of fishing about it, uh, about like the info, like some info out about it now. 
Because those guys were also sitting in the press conference the other day, like pre-Wolves uh, match. And he was actually saying, like, you're going to be a side, like, you're going to see a side of me that you never thought you'd see in this documentary. Okay, that's all he said. And so, I mean, it's like making a person, like, very excited now to watch this thing of, of not only our campaign, that's, uh, for me, it would also be gold if we can, you know, even end in something that, that, that top four, even. Cause yeah, no, it would be, team, it would be. From a team that was, like, labeled, you know, relegation candidates after a month, to a sort of, you know, going through a, a solid purple patch with a decent, you know, a run of, a run of wins. And then afterwards going again through a sort of dip. But almost like the, the dip is more based on the domestic cups. But I mean, league form, they were still trying to, you know, soldier on. So, I mean, it's going to make it, make it really interesting viewing also the way we see the next, you know, what, 14 games we still have left. And don't forget the Obama Yang also departure and, yes. you know, that as well. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So our next three games is, look, next week's podcast, we're only going to do like on a Thursday because then we just like doing yeah. the Watford game. But, I mean, we've got now no action over the weekend, like on the league format or during midweek. It's also nothing based like for us. So, I mean, the next uh, league game is in Watford on, yeah, the, the, the 6th of March. That's then followed by a home game against Leicester and then another home game against Liverpool. Not going to be easy, but, you know, we're going to have to take it in our stride and, you know, who knows where we could end up after those games. I think a point against Liverpool could be good. I mean, I'm not just going quickly through Liverpool's fictionless shit. I thought now, you know, they would have a sort of, you know, it was like European game, then us or, or us and then a European game where they will have to kind of, you know, tinker a bit with its squad. But I think they don't really have that much... Uh, you know, distractions really going into that game with us. When is the quarterfinals of the Champions League? Because they still have to play Inter Milan, and if they beat, do the business there, I think, you know, who knows, there could be a game sandwich between. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got a point there, because then you know, it's like a total new draw that they have again with Lays yeah. out. It's a quarter, semis, and final. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's all. Do you have anything to talk No, I'm good. I've said everything. Okay, guys, so take care, stay safe. Nothing much for us this weekend, but maybe watch our opponents, see who can falter. Take care, enjoy. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you.